Mikey. I'm tickled my fucking toes. And I am the member of this podcast who does not wake up and choose violence on the daily. I am Jamal. <laughs> you are a liar. And I have the receipts to prove it. <laughs> and welcome to Black Tar Roots, a blackly black podcast where we recap RuPaul's Drag Race. We have now finished up with the eight years of RuPaul's Drag Race season 13. And we are diving on into Drag Race Down Under. Darling, how are you? I'm good. You having a wonderful morning of uh, choosing violence because I don't choose the- violence. How do I choose violence first thing in the morning? First of all, you couldn't go one minute in this podcast without saying "dive on in," and you think that I didn't notice that that in there. <laughs> I love on the last episode at the end of it. I said I, I I only said it one time, and then I went back and did the count. I said Miss Thing, that was three dive on ins that she said. <laughs> excluding the one that you call out at the end that you allegedly did not say. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's just one of those like stupid things where you just, it's that just makes you laugh. You don't have anything that's just dumb that makes you laugh. Um, No, I'm a pretty serious person, actually. I prefer, I don't, oh, I don't, okay. I don't see life as a series of games and jokes to be had. <laughs> I text thread Instagram and the 7,000 memes you send me on a daily basis makes <laughs> it differ. And I do mean 7,000. I'll get to the end of my day and I'm like, no, where, what, what is what is this? And then I'll reply. And he's like, well, which to which one? I said, well, exactly. Sir, you got to be specific. Girl, I have a day job, okay? <laughs> I have a day job too. And I still manage to take time to send my friends joy and gifts in the form of memes. Right. And I send you the gift of dive on in. So, Speaking of diving one in, let's get into episode three of Drag Race Down Under. So as a recap, last week we played what was allegedly supposed to be the worst snatch game in Drag Race history. I don't think that's true, but, Mm. you know, lost in translation, all that jazz. The winner last week was our wacky inflatable arm man tube guy, Anita Wiglet. And the bottom two was (laughs) a shocker to everybody. Art Simone, well, not a shocker if you saw that snatch game. Art Simone and Coco Jumbo, where they had to lip sync to RuPaul to uh, Jamal's favorite song, RuPaul's "I'm That Bitch." Uh, sadly, and a shocker to the entire internet, Art Simone was sent to the house after Coco Jumbo. I would say lightly tapped that ass. Yeah, it wasn't like a fierce. It wasn't a right. fierce lip sync. That's one of the things that I had a problem with in this beginning of this episode. Exactly. Coco was walking around and uh, spreading, spreading out like she had just <laughs> laid down the gauntlet for the girls. And I was like, okay, Miss Thing. Um, we don't uh, see you for getting our Simone out of there, but let's not act like that was right. hitting well, on legendary know, status. You know what the girls would do. Remember Tia Coffee said, oh, I must be a lipstick assassin now since I've, I've survived, what, two lipsticks? I said, listen, Miss Tia. Right. There's <laughs> a difference Ms. between lipstick assassin and production Lips, right lip sync pew 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 uh right. so our simone got sent to the house and she gave us the iconic meme of that means nothing and she's already <laughs> selling t-shirts of it so we love to see it for the girls make sure that you are enterprising darling when you are kicked off second on a drag show uh and also miss our simone's gonna be doing just motherfucking fine so she was fine before the show, show. she was right. fine before the show she'll be fine afterwards she was so, doing a favor by coming on the television show okay so <laughs> Girls come back in, and we've already alluded to the fact that uh, everybody is gagged and distraught and just surprised Art is gone. Um, I think a lot of people pegged her as a finalist in the competition, um, and they are just surprised. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Tainomi Banks. It reminds me of um, Nasha Lopez. It Mm -hmm. reminds me of the people who come in and they may have big reputations in other drag communities. Acid Betty that doesn't always acid Betty, yeah, but that doesn't always mean that you're going to do well on the show. On the race, absolutely. Um, and so, and it also means that you. It also, for me at least, means that you can't come on to Drag Race uh, assuming, making assumptions, mm-hmm. right, or sleeping on your laurels. If if you are a big queen coming in. That doesn't mean that you don't have to work as hard as, say, right. Electra Shop. Because right. you will get the chop. You know what I mean? If you are sleeping. So, Absolutely. Especially that. since the lip sync is the, the great equalizer. Well, the production's been had their hands a little bit into that uh, quite frequently over the last few seasons, but that lip sync is the the uh, 
chop or bop. That's when you see like an acid Betty go home because you didn't do if you didn't turn it out in that lip sync. That's it for you. Right, 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 right. So, um, Coco Jumbo gives us a moment that I personally enjoyed, where she <laughs> says she recounts the time that she had a gig a while ago, where the wife of the man who the wife of the man who booked her came up to her and said, you are nothing compared to Art Simone. And Coco is just with herself about the fact that years later, she sends Art Simone home on a TV show, which I guess, yeah, I guess it must feel like, um, you know, some kind of validation, like a high bitch. Right. Um, yeah. Also, fuck that club owner. Like, you don't say that to the talent that you hire. And if you wanted Art Simone, you clearly didn't, you clearly didn't have an Art Simone budget. I was so, about to say. Go all the way to hell. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, don't disrespect the queen. Because you probably had Miss Coco Jumbo right up in the tip spot. Exactly. Which is the so, hot conversation on Facebook and uh, with the local queens, FYI. We can get girl, anyway, them local queens need to be talking about why they perform with microphones in their hands. So, oh, that was one. Listen, you leave No, it is now one time. Because every <laughs> leave, time I pull you up the queens, and, and it is not. And Riley Knox alone. It is not. It is not just her. <laughs> All of Shaquita Lee's daughters perform with mics in their hands. Uh-huh. And it drives me, me to see you come out and do up my Cardi B with a motherfucking <laughs> with microphone. microphone. In <laughs> you leave Shaquita and Riley Knox alone. They need to let that shit go. <laughs> so the Queens, <laughs> the, queen, the Queens have to do this nothing as many challenge. Um uh a slow motion of Baywatch. Where they have to with the pit shout out to the Asian pit crew um guy. Yeah, he's but, um uh, but yeah, so they have to do like a, a parody of the already like parody of itself, uh slow motion run on watch. Um everybody looks a mess, everybody is doing it. I was a little bit over the manscape um uh <laughs> product placement. I personally love that because I said go the one thing about Manscaped is they will wiggle their way to every sort of drag queen's face. <laughs> Do you remember when Klarna first came out? Yes. And every queen uh, from here to there was pumping motherfucking Klarna in their YouTube videos. Uh, like, Girl, where'd you get that outfit? I got it on Klarna. Mm-hmm. It's giving very that. So, you know, I always, it's the same way with, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, the drunk squirrel or some shit, the one that makes the fans. It's I giving mean, better I, help. Yeah, well, well, that's different. Better help is, you know, <laughs> not quite legit in the way that, say, a clipper is. But you know, How I go. You know I, the landscape was legit. You oh. mean, we not talk, we not about to compare somebody's mental health to someone clipping someone's <laughs> motherfucking uh, doing a fade, bitch. That's no about inadequate no. services. We don't know. Yeah, that there are like a series of reviews of Manscaped products followed apart the way that you pull them It's box. very possible, but we're not about to talk about having someone psychiatrist being up there like, girl, yeah, I'm sorry, bitch. I was at the Outback Steakhouse. I missed your text. You You're mean? not on Trixie the ledge, Mattel, are you? Trixie Mattel said better help was great. Yeah, okay. And so did Eureka O'Hare. Do you want to go with that? <laughs> Is your litmus test? So, you I mean, want, I personally. You the Eureka fan. Uh, no, I'm the you. I like using Eureka to troll you. <laughs> I got so, I personally. Me go up for uh, Manscaped being in there for the spots. Because one thing uh, that down under, and Drag Race in general, except in the UK, is good for is some sponsorship. So, you know, mm. I love Which, I love to see the little chain. Yeah, so um, they're doing that. They're also having wigs and crotches, and that shit gets old to me real quick. Was um, that the chat? Was that the assignment, by the way? Because I feel like some of them had them. No, some of them no it's just a gag that a few of them took. Say, um... Electra has not Electra, what's her name? Scarlet has one nipple out, which I actually was funny. And then if she starts jogging, the whole titty comes out. You didn't think it was funny? No, I thought it was funny. Something about Scarlet is that she that sounds that seems like a thing that she rests on. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought you were gonna say something about Scarlet bothers you, and I was gonna say, Is it the racism? No, 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 it's something about that particular uh, because she's such a stellar queen. It's a thing that certain queens aside from the racism. uh, well, yeah, there that yes, yes. Uh that certain queens do where they just kind of like rest on like a old tired drag trope. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the same it, her Jennifer Coolidge was very much so like that. Her born naked was very anatomically correct, which is not an issue, but there's a point where it's like, okay, like the crassness gets real tired. She paid money for this motherfucking titty plate. She paid 300 day, whole dollars. And you are going to see <laughs> this titty plate on TV. This thing. <laughs> 
Period. Fiera has entered the chat. Okay, girl, I spent this money. The girls are going to see this. So, um, speaking of sponsorship, talk about talk about the winners. Yeah. So, uh, the winners of the mini challenge are Shashak um, and Scarlett Adams, and they both get two different prizes of the right. same amount. <laughs> They both get $2,500 worth of something, but it's two different companies. And I said, okay, go off. Exactly. So, like, the sponsorships are on deck because normally it's like you win, you both get a $500 gift card to Blimpies. No, this one ambition and one biodegradable glitter, and the other one, I couldn't catch the name fast enough to look up what it was. But it's two different things. Biodegradable glitter feels, sounds like it doesn't give what you needed to give. So, well, you know, you know, there's much to say about that. Right. So the girls have to do that. So the girls are given the main challenge. The main challenge this week is that they will be divided into two girl groups. Woo! Um, and so the winners of the challenge have to pick teams. Um, Electra Shock picks, uh, oh, I was so over it. She picks Karen for finance. She picks Maxi <laughs> Chill. And she, and she picks, um, what's that bitch name? Ketamine. Ketamine. Um, she doesn't quite pick. Uh, Maxi Shields. <laughs> well, yeah, Maxi Shields the last one there, and she gets picked. Maxi Shields didn't give a fuck if she was the last one. I, I and I live so much for that yeah. because the girls will give you a sob story real motherfucking fast right. about how oh in fifth God. grade I got picked right. last for the motherfucking volleyball team. Maxi said, girl, I'm 46 and I'm here. I'm good. Right. I'm Gucci. I'm on a team. What's the assignment? And yeah. I said, go off, Miss Maxi. Yeah, I like Maxi. I like Maxi a lot. Um, So that's the Team Electroshock team. Uh, Scarlett Adams is etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Anita Wiglet and Coco Jumbo. Yeah. So, looking at these teams, what were your early because de- we make snap decisions or judgments of who's mm-hmm. going to do well? What were yours? So, in the beginning, I looked at it and said, "Oh, if I'm thinking about like skill and like cohesiveness, Scarlett, uh, etc., Coco and Anita." would be the team that I would want to be on. Um, but we think about, this is giving me very much so Ruru Vision episode where, you know, initially I was like, well, you know, Team Tia Coffee seems like a lot, uh, Team Joe Black seems like a lot less drama and that's what I'm thinking about Team Electra. But in terms of like team talent, I'm definitely thinking Scarlet's team. And we'll find out a little later in the episode about um, where we had an issue of too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tend to be worried about the teams with the bigger personalities mm-hmm. because we usually have the storyline of the teams with the huge personalities um, not doing well because they clash, Sorry, right? And the teams, uh, yeah. I don't know if either one of the teams was necessarily an underdog team because they're usually mm-hmm. as bad. There's usually the big team and then the underdog team, the boogers, right? Yeah, but I don't know if that was the here i did think oh, okay the team has karen and uh ketamine is going to struggle because those two by themselves are already divas right in in different ways right well we'll see what happens when we get into the challenge so let's get into the challenge prep so we know that this is a time honor tradition in drag race right the, the girl groups and the bitches have to write lyrics to uh the new song written by the new drag race songwriter Leland <laughs> rest in peace Lucia Piani right I had to fucking laugh when they said when they like finally gave him that moniker because you know remember it was used to be Lucia Piani this Lucia Piani that mm-hmm. and you know he was decided he wanted to be anti-black and I think up on up on the stuff am I, am I oh yeah she definitely was she definitely was smoking mass yeah she was up on the stuff so they have to write these lyrics uh yeah, posted to her song. dick on Facebook <laughs> to this song of was it Queens Down Under yeah. Uh, written by Leland so they, with their own verse. Uh, they're going to be joining Michelle Visage. They said, girl group icon. And that I'm was thinking, so oh, late. That, that was Shady so Boots. I was, Shady Boots. Thinking, I, was I was like, like okay, what Australian girl T- has been in girl right. group? <laughs> I said, oh, they flew in TRT boss. Okay, girl. <laughs> they flew in Chile. No, and girl. Then. It's motherfucking Michelle Visage. And I mean, she wasn't a girl group in the 90s. It's not wrong. It's not inaccurate information, but. They said icon though, Miss Thing. I thought they bit somebody from In Vogue was about to roll down there. Oh, COVID I thought is getting this was about the to be because <laughs> they they got the remix using the judges over and over again. To yes, that's their ability. Michelle said, "Listen, as long as they remit me that extra two thousand dollars for this for this appearance, girl, I'll take it." 
Mm-hmm. I'll motherfucking take it. And then, of course, the girls also have to get together and uh, do choreography. So we get into this session with Michelle, and the first group is three and a half men, and that is Team Electra. Uh, the girls basically... That was a good name. But I will say, the girls pretty much have their shit prepared and on lock. You know, the, the production really wasn't focused on, oh, this girl's really messed up. How are we going to misdirect them later on during the uh, performance period? They got their lyrics together, except for Maxie, who Michelle asked to sing Twinkle Twinkle. I said, girl, what? Someone said my name? <laughs> and then she said, no, bitch, sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And that is what Miss Maxie Shell did. She didn't sound awful. But one issue that Miss Maxie is very clearly having with delivering her lines that she's written, which sound good it sounds like she's very much speaking about herself she's not trying to emulate and do something oh i missed the part i'm gonna come back to that and she's not trying to emulate anybody else you good on that part Uh, (laughs) it's your favorite part i need to talk about it i need to talk about i need to talk about (laughs) no we don't Uh, is is that she can't get the rhythm and the timing correct and it it very much shows shows in both sets of the performances. So the part that I skipped over that Jamal doesn't want to talk about is we get Jamal's favorite thing in the whole wide world. And that is a video message from some celebrities. And it is Leland and Troy Savon. Now, Jamal, do you know who either of these people are? This is a great book. Have you seen my new book that I got? I had a book of Harriet Mullen poetry. It's a compilation of her first three books. We we love that for you. So anyway, Leland and Choice of Honor come up on the screen to help the girls start to write some of their lyrics and give them some songwriting advice. Nothing is happening here, but I will give Jamal a couple of points here. This is one of the times where it was the most clear that they were not up on the screen at the same time as the girls within the room. Because they were they were very much so uh, very robotic, very much so just flowing through what it is they needed to say off the cue cards. The girls low key seemed like they didn't even know who the hell they was talking about. Who the hell those people even were? Probably not. Do you know who the fuck Leland is? Uh, I know who Troy Savon is. I know who either one of them was. I thought <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know who either one of them were. I thought that um, what's his face? The one on the right. Uh, his face was intense. Yeah, it's not. He's not to be confused with Timothy Shamalama Ding Dong. It's they are very much so. Eventually, girl, we gonna we gonna get to some Drag Race twenty twenty five. Sorry, Drag Race season twenty five, and we not gonna know who the fuck they keep inviting up onto this show. <sighs> so at this point, we're getting through Maxi Shields part with Michelle Visage, and I'm thinking. Maxie is either going to eat this up or she's going to bomb it. But what I do love this entire time is her motherfucking spirit. Yeah. She is yeah. not giving them anything to sort of suggest that, um, that oh, this is like a real, you know, I'm really sad and struggling. Like, yes, these are the things I don't do well, but I'm going to just try to do it to the best of my ability. And that's what I like to see out of the girls. Uh, it's giving me very much so Joe Black <laughs> for some reason. Oh, so I the, love Joe Black. Did you know yes. Joe Black is in his 20s? No, Joe Black is 30. I'm about to Google this because I feel like Joe Black is in his 20s. No, Joe Black is in is, is a smooth 30, and we were like, oh, Mr. You were given smooth 45. But yeah, I just could have sworn Mr. Joe Black was good 50 something. No, 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 no. This thing is 30 years old. I remember looking because I just kept thinking, please don't eliminate all the early of the older girls first in this season. <laughs> So the next set of girls come in, and it's the Outback Fake House, and that is Team Scarlet. Again, everyone seems She's pretty... a Capricorn. Yeah, no. I'm aware. Your people. Yes. Which means she is very organized, repaired, and loyal. Loyal. Uh, <laughs> so Team Scarlet rolls up onto the scene, the scene, and basically everyone has their lyrics on lock. Uh, Coco is pitchy because she has decided that she's about to sing. She's about to be the Mary J. Blige of the group. Bad choice. It, it, it was, it was, you know, choices were made. Uh, what's really sticking out here is this dynamic be- between et cetera, et cetera, and Scarlet. And that's evident when we also get into the choreography part because Miss et cetera is, she seems like she is, it feels like she's stepping on toes, but in actuality, I did value her input. Uh, I think Scarlet is not used to having to share the spotlight like Miss Etc. was sort of requiring, but I think them as a duo really helped that team shine because Scarlett needed to be pulled back a little bit and become a little bit more grounded in the material and the entire group. 
Because mm-hmm. it really showed in the final product. Scarlett thinks she is Lori Ann Gibson when they get up into this choreography rehearsal. She is trying to get the girls the boom cat, the boom cat, cat, cat. And she keeps she has keeps having me thinking that none of these girls can dance really well, but we get into the final challenge and they look spectacular. Mm-hmm. So it makes and they, and they do I do feel like they also have fairly complex choreography for a drag race performance because you know Alaska will pull up and give them girls a smooth step touch and call it a show. <laughs> well, you work with what you got, right? And that's what I'm saying. I, that's why I appreciate it. Etc. sort of serving in a co-team leader capacity because I think that really helped them round out their overall product because we see where that doesn't work when we get into three and a half men in the main challenge we'll talk about it in a second so three and a half men come out they do their uh preparation for choreography uh I'm in this moment I am of course still rooting for Maxi Shield the girls seem to be getting it and then we get into our trauma moment of the episode where we talk about uh, Electra's past. So Electra is a trained dancer. She has trained girls to dance. And once upon a time, she owned her own dance school. And essentially at one point in her life, she didn't talk about exactly why. She lost everything. She lost her business. She lost her house. She was living up in a garage. And the girls really spend a lot of time loving up on her because they see that in this prep for choreo that she took the time to prep the girls who were maybe not necessarily dancers. And based off of this lineup, I'm gonna guess that none of them are. Um, And built them up to feel like they can do something in a dance capacity. And I do think it shows within ways backfires when we get into the main challenge. And Karen also said something that really resonated with me. Uh, (laughs) On Drag Race, you don't necessarily need money, you need heart and soul and fire. And that is, I think that's absolutely true. And I think it should be less about money and more about your ability to resonate with the fans and to show your heart. Heidi and Closet has entered the, the chat. Uh, uh, Chi Chi Devane has entered the chat. So now that we've already wrapped, we've wrapped up all of our prep stuff, we get into the girls getting ready for the main stage and bitch scandal, scandal. Can I have the news scandal noise, please? That's you, bitch. I don't know what the new scandal noise is. Breaking news. That part. Someone has left Coco Jumbo a motherfucking note that says, watch out. And immediately I said, girl, it's getting right. I said, girl, it's giving who ate Nicole's granola bars. It is giving who stole Abby OMG's corset. It is very, very, the production is really working. I, I stand by production. <laughs> Probably put that note out there. Who do you think left the note, Jamal? Do you, they say it's Art Simone. Nobody. Compare, like, what does that even writing. mean? It doesn't <laughs> even mean, like, what does that even mean? Watch out. Like, it's not, that was, is, is, well, remember is they left one from, um, well, remember that time that uh, Milan uh, whispered up in Jiggly's Yeah, ears. but that was more ominous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was more ominous than this. Like, just a random note that says, watch out on the third episode. Watch out for what? We haven't had nobody with no beef. Like, it doesn't It doesn't make sense. It just was random and stupid to me. I was not. Yeah. Well, now I need to know who wrote the note. Listeners, if you know who wrote the note, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram is crazy. No. <laughs> wow. Not me almost plugging Race Chaser. <laughs> Black to our roots thought. Or you can send us a note and engage with us on Twitter at Black to our roots. Who do you think wrote the note? Put your answers in the comments. So let's get into the main stage, darling. Cover girl. And then RuPaul is immediately at the very top of the stage. Because we know that... <laughs> Because we know that stage is a smooth half a yard long. And RuPaul looks excellent tonight. Yeah, she, she looks great. Beautiful blue sparkling gown, no accessories, which is a, a RuPaul staple. And she doesn't need a bunch of that because she has this lovely, lovely face and excellent hair. Absolutely stunning tonight. Um, we meet our judges, <laughs> who is just Michelle Visage. And I'm continually following, falling in love with Reese Nicholson. Reese is hysterical. Reese comes in with, RuPaul goes, uh, uh, Reese, who is your favorite girl group? And he says, I love the girl groups of the 1960s. So seduction, fucking, it's such an old school drag joke, but it's also just uh, something that we don't really hear um, delivered that, that well 
on stage, right? It's it's very much so a, a, a easy go to, but it also really got me chuckling with yeah, the way that it, it was delivered to Miss Michelle. It was cute. It was cute. So let's get into the challenge. First up is the Outback Fakos singing, doing Queens Done Under. Yeah. So the first thing, the first thing I thought about the Outback Fakos um, is that I thought that their outfits were cohesive, and I yes. appreciate. I appreciate. I know the girls like have to throw together whatever works. Um, and so I always appreciate when the when the looks are somewhat cohesive, um, and they seem good. I think that they did a really good job of working well together um, mm-hmm. and melding the disparate parts of their performance, like uh, Scarlett's athleticism with Anita's just like ridiculousness. I do think that yes. Anita and Scarlett were standouts. Um, yes, Coco's choice of singing was definitely a choice. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a good part about be her being last. <laughs> it didn't throw off the... Uh, yeah, but sometimes it's either going to be iconic, like Roxy Andrews, and other yeah. times it's going to just be what Coco did tonight. Um, I didn't think it was as horrible as I assumed it was going to be. So um, I was happy about that. Etc. was kind of just there for me. It wasn't... Girl. There. What? It wasn't that bad. No, let's get into Etc. Because what the hell was that old lady ass wig that she had on? Oh, you talking about the way she looked. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of... The look was kind of just thrown... It, you know what it looked like? It looked like she was like back... She was a singer backstage getting ready. Yes, yes. She's given very much so the uh, the other performer that we had got sick, so we had to throw in somebody's aunt real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she had the little she had the little flip with the bump at the end. Yeah. It was it was I mean it's a cute wig, but not for we're talking about like a pop star performance. You got Scarlett Adams out here looking like she's in uh, Fifth Harmony, and then you got Etcetera like giving us Golden Girl tease. Yeah. Um, I agree I though mean, they do all look absolutely Coco. That mug. I was about to say Coco's outfit was my favorite. Like that that corset. Of course, it was um, stunning. It was beautiful, and the color was beautiful, et cetera. It did look cute with the jean, the jean jacket, and the corset. Yes. Anita Lemon looked like into the chat. <laughs> right, <laughs> Anita looked like um, how I would expect Anita to look, and it looked cute for her. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the other aunt that was in the performance because the other right. one I said, but she was the one that was ready to perform, et cetera. Well, I will say this: Anita is very quickly becoming one of my favorites in this competition, and See? that's a surprise because I was not expecting that. Um, but yeah, I I there was think- another one, one season that was that was like that for you, and then eventually they, there was uh, she uh, grew on you. I figure who it was. Because you'd be hard on these bitches out the gate. Well, <laughs> uh, of course I do. That's my job. You be hard on these bitches out the gate, and then they start to warm up to you, girl. It's getting very bad over you. No, I think Coco looks her. She looked fantastic. I wish she had uh, used a different accessory. Oh, then that boa. Yeah, because I think it was getting in her way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and I I think they did I think they did a decent job as a team. I think that Scarlett and uh, Anita were the standouts. Uh the. Other team, the mm-hmm. three and a half men come out, and <laughs> I have the opposite thought that I had when the first team came out, which was these bitches are not cohesive. Um, right. but that's okay because I know you got to throw your outfits together, throw your right. outfits together. Um, so one thing that was said to them was that, well, we'll get into that when we get into but one thing that was said during judging was that uh, this was a scarlet show out of everybody else. Um, Scarlett definitely is on display the performance. Like she's right. she's doing splits, she's like doing leg drags across the stage, she's front most of the damn time. Yes, yes. Um, she wants you to know, and I mean here's the thing too. There's a delicate like balance you have to strike, I think, in these competitions. Cause one, we're dealing with drag queens. So of course right. people are gonna be trying to take take uh stage. Um, but you also have to Feature yourself in a way that also that doesn't destroy the team, and that's exactly. the balance that has to be struck. Exactly. Um, I remember yeah. watching it and going, "Oh, Miss Scarlett is editorializing <laughs> there in the front. She is giving you Fosse. She's giving hey. you Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Yeah, and like Matty Shields in the back, like on her short ass legs, trying to keep up with the rest of the bitches in the front. Yeah, I mean, and there's and the place where it becomes a problem though, like if you look back at the performance there are parts where everybody is doing one move and Scarlett is doing something else. 
Like everybody is pointing to the left, and Scarlett is in a full squat on the. You know what I mean? Like everybody is shuffling to the right, and Scarlett is doing is crawling in the split. So right. it it is just like okay, girl, calm down. Um, I think that none of their verses like kind of stand out for me. No, um, I, I, had, I had another. I feel like is there like a consistent audio issue that's happening with when they do these verses on these songs? Like, like the it's. I don't I feel like know. the music is drowning out the verses a lot. I'm not none of the or maybe the verses just aren't that good. And I'm not I think remembering the verses them. just weren't that good. Um, <laughs> um, I thought that I th- in terms of outfits, uh, I thought the ketamine needed to wear something else because that uh, it was very it was giving. It, so the difference between the two performances was uh, the Outback Fakos was very much so a pop star group. And this was the girls ran to the thrift store real quick. This was very, no, they were giving very much so. This is the closing number we need to do for the drag show every night. And this is the one thing we, <laughs> you know, the number when every, when every drag show has like a we are family number at the very end when they do the mm-hmm. curtain call. Come out, it was do Lady Mama very, Right, right, right. <laughs> it was giving very that. Uh, uh, looks like uh, Kidda's drag. And um, I thought Maxie looked stunning. Yeah, yeah, Maxie looked great. I like, I liked it. She consistently looks like some biker aunt. Um, yes. <laughs> and we'll also talk about her choice when we get into the runway. So I liked her choice of the runway. I was oh, here well, for no. it. Yes, yes. We'll talk about her description of it and how it relates to her overall character and persona. Oh, okay. Uh, so overall, I I thought the girls nailed it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the problem that we very much so saw is that Miss Scarlet was definitely making it the Scarlet show. Uh, I'm watching her right now in the background. Uh, but all in all, given their time constraints and given the the uh, fact that we know some of the girls are not dancers, uh, and this is their, sort of their first time at the rodeo, mm-hmm. I would say B plus work. Mm-hmm. It was cute. It was cute. All right. So let's take a real quick break and we'll be right black. Black hair is, is, is. You know that's my favorite thing to do in between. <laughs> black hair is. All right, let's jump black in, or as I like to say, dive on in <laughs> to the runway. So the category is Bogan Prom. And at this first of all, I had no idea what the hell Bogan even was. Uh, but I had gotten a text message from Jamal prior to, because was, he was ahead of me on the episode and said that I'm tired of seeing this runway. So basically, Jamal is tired of seeing uh, prom dresses pumping down, real pumped up prom dresses uh, go down the runway for RuPaul's Drag Race. Bogan, based on my research, is supposed to get the category is redneck. The color category is New Jersey. It is low-key giving trailer park trash. And the girls go in. This is this is very clearly a camp category, folks. So don't be coming up in here looking for fashions this week. It is about doing the assignment. So the first up is Mrs. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, and she comes on the runway in a juicy couture hooded tracksuit and some long acrylic nails. Uh, if that's what if, if that's what Bogan Prom is, she did the assignment. <laughs> no, X. Uh, up next is Miss Coco Jumbo, and she is wearing this sort of '80s short scoochie dress in this <laughs> metallic purple uh, uh, pattern. It's very '80s, very ruffled. Her storyline is that she's been fucking up in the bushes. No, fucked Logan up him next. Uh, and I'm tired of her. I don't know what's going on with her on the runway with having fucked up messy wigs, but I'm tired of seeing her <laughs> with a messy wig everywhere. Next. I think she only... Ah! 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 Noises. Up next is Mr. Mm. Mia Wiggler wearing a white... Everything about this runway this week is giving Coors Light in uh, the Daytona <laughs> 500. Uh-huh. And uh, Anita is no exception. She's wearing a long denim. Um, have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your life skirt? That was and, just a uh, Pentecostal <laughs> skirt. <laughs> yeah, very, giving very much so. Have you heard the good news? Uh, and a uh, 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 shoulder white, shoulder exposed white shirt and a cock to the side ponytail with a bone. Uh, it is very plain. And then there's apparently golden prom. 
Scarlet Adams comes on the runway, and uh, now this one was a funny little campy dragon. I'm sure this might have been a stretch for her because Scarlet is our fashion girl. She's wearing a goon bag. Now, a goon bag, according to my research encyclopedia, bitch, is a, basically a bag of wine, and I'm not a stranger to uh, a, a good old box Franzia wine, baby. So you said, I said, I'm here for it, girl. She's wearing menthols. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, apparently sending her a letter around her neck. And it's it's definitely giving trashy prom. Uh, up next, like it's it. a lecture. <laughs> I'm cold. Well, I want to hear. I want you all to also pay attention to all of the looks, right? And um, when we get to the judging, we're gonna talk about how the critiques are not they lever they um, uh, level against some queens are not necessarily fair when the category was garbage, essentially. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's giving us full. Um, what's that child's name? Uh, Priscilla Chambers' realness, Miss Electra comes right, in. Right, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, said this, I said, this is the uh, Night of a Thousand Priscilla Chambers. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Adore Delano comes on the runway in a black motor jacket and a green neon yellow dress and a biker hat. Um, this was probably the least bulk. It reminded me of Chad Michaels doing Dirty. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's what it was, because everyone else... Decided to go there, and Miss Kidamine said, "I'm not gonna let them look crazy as hell up on this runway." Also, does it feel like Kidamine in the same dress? Huh? Does it feel like Kidamine has eight thousand of the same dress? She probably does. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Next. Uh, up next is Miss uh, I was over this Shield. runway, Miss Faye. I was so <laughs> over this runway. Girl, who are you telling? I was sitting there thinking, how the fuck am I supposed to talk about this in a fashion capacity, girl? Because uh, this is not so fashion, over girl. This, runway. this is a camp category, which I guess is, is consistent and aligned with what some of Australian drag is. But, like, I mean, the girls who went there really went there. But, I mean, we're going to talk about it from a... Um, it was just... It was giving very Forever 21. It was giving very Goosini. Uh... Maxi Show. So this is what we wanted to talk about earlier. Maxi Show comes down and she looks beautiful. She is giving us the chaperone at the prom realness. And I said, yes, that is exactly who Maxi Shield is. She is the she is the chaperone at the prom, but she's not trying to be the mother of the prom, right? She is the fun aunt. She is wearing gold lame leggings. This bandeau two top. Now normally, <laughs> this bandeau two top around this breastplate. Now normally. That works me the fuck out, breastplate. But something about Maxi and her breastplate, it does not bother me. Uh -huh. The way they say, when I look at James Mansfield and hers bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy Maxi's look. I, it was the only one I liked on the wrong one. And it's nice that she also has a nicer wig on this week because last week, that out of bag Marilyn Monroe yes. nonsense that she had on was absolutely out of control. It made me nervous because, you know, when the, some of the older girls come up on the runway, they still have shit from 1996 that they pumping down RuPaul's Drag Race and they need to be wearing the shit from at least 2016. And right. the wig looks absolutely stunning on her. And Maxie always looks pretty good in the face, so that's never a concern. Yeah. Shout and out to last, RuPaul uh, and her fat jokes. What, what fat jokes did she say? I don't think I heard that one. She said, "This is a that's a queen who follows her gut." Oh, well, you know, uh, that's on fracking. And then up next is Miss Karen from Finance, who is wearing uh, also someone I feel like who has eight million of the same outfit. Next, this she went and fell in Rose's closet. <laughs> yes, it is giving full Rose now. Feast your eyes on the morning last girl. <laughs> One thing about Miss Karen, she gonna wear a bunch of shit on them shoulders. It, it definitely was a lot, but you know, I think that was the category. So all in all, not my favorite thing in the world, but you know, whoever did the, the girls did the assignment. The girls did the assignment. The girls who went there, went there. The ones who probably should have went there a little further was Kita. Uh, Coco could have done a little bit more, but I wasn't mad at it. And I feel like there was one more that was just like, mm, this thing. Yeah. That's about it. So let's get into the judging. Get into the judging. Judging. So, judging. Et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Karen from Finance are declared safe. Everyone else is the tops and the bottoms of the week. Um, and the judging this week seemed very hard and fast. So, and unfair. <laughs> they were like, Coco Girl, you look great. Um, right, 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 right. That verse was a choice. Uh, next. <laughs> well, then they go, and then Coco, this just needs to be elevated. Now, wait a minute. 
<laughs> you got a bitch dressed like a motherfucking bag of wine and not even a nice bag of wine down there. You mean to tell yeah. me that I'm not doing the assignment? But this Coco's, is a hemline, Coco's hemline was fucked up. Scarlett's hemline was probably fucked up too. I mean, the the category was hot mess. Period. Yeah. So it's kind of it's the same way that like the for the ugly runway like was where you know the interpretation was kind of here you know here and there. You got to be a little bit. You have to allow a little bit more room for flexibility when your category is not really that tight. Well, Coco's hemline was fucked up. (laughs) That dress worked my nerves. So. Mm, when they read it, so it didn't. It bothered me. It bothered the fuck out of me. Um, oh, I'm looking at it right now. The hemline. So anyway, uh, Anita Wiggler, they lived for her. They thought she was great in the challenge. They thought that Scarlett was great in the challenge. They really loved her dress. That's when I knew that Scarlett was about to win the challenge because they yeah. were they were going up for her. Right. Um, Electra, they told her, "Girl, you were doing too much. You don't need." Doing like a 500 kick kick splits and <laughs> um, a cartwheel and doing your taxes when, baby, baby. when your team is just doing a step, you know, a step touch. Right. So much. She and said, they were like kickball change, part of the right. <laughs> Hit them with the high like, kick. Girl, it's bugger, giving bugger. too much. It's giving too much on this day. We did not ask for that. Your team is sitting here just going right and left, and you are on the ceiling. Did Baby. not need all of that. She um, said, I'm giving you all one and one, two, and I'm doing one and two and three and four and five and six and ten. Hit him with the high kick pot of Ray. How said Edwards? How said Edwards? And even if you rewatch it again, it's like, damn. It gets worse on rewatch. Because I didn't yes, the worse. first time I saw it, I didn't catch all of what the judges were saying. Oh, I caught the it. second time I was like, oh God, it is it's a little much. I clocked it because I because you'll you'll cut to the other part of their performance was a lot of this there the editors did the girls a favor this time because they didn't do them like they did sorry not sorry where they was going to zoom in and on stars he not no, doing the sorry, fucking moves. Not, no sorry not sorry they just placed the camera there and didn't cut <laughs> exactly so they did the girls favor where they cut to where they were doing really well but there were still parts you could catch in there where the bitches were just kind of walking across the stage mm-hmm. right and not flowing into things but then you can also see in that. Motherfucking lectures, and I'm going high kick and a cartwheel and a do a split and a thick ass dip. <laughs> it's giving too much. Um, uh, kidding me? I don't even remember what they said. Kidding me? She say <laughs> bye. Yeah, um, it was a bunch of like you're kind of like a fun cross dresser, and it's like, yes, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. She just told her, her she fun was cross nice, dresser. right? Just tell her she's right. nice. Okay, like no need for doing all of that. Um, and then we get to Maxi, and I think that um. Uh, Michelle gives the critique. She says, "You don't have to rely on being um, funny or something like that. You can also be the one that's beautiful and has talent." Mm-hmm. Um, which is very much a comment to the big girls, yes. um, saying just because you're a big girl doesn't mean you have to be a comedy queen. Right. Um, you don't have to be a ham all the time. Yeah, you don't have to be a ham all the time. But here's the other thing: is that when you have big girls that try to come on and just serve you looks. Y'all don't be giving them the tens for serving you looks. I'm thinking about Jada Dior Fierce. Yes. And who came and serves you looks every week that she made. And, and was, made, yes, was, made those garments. Yes. There was yes. no comment on how right she looked every week. And she looked yep. right every week. Padding was right. The look, okay, the storyline for that Death Becomes Her was a stretch. But yeah, yeah. But still, proportions, but like, proportions yes. were together. Look good, it was right? Always mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Yep. It was cut to be sexy and flattering. Yep. And, and then, there was and then no uh, Maxi that. pumps on the run and Max pumps on the runway and no kind of pads, the minimalist ass drag, and we go up for this motherfucking Marie Antoinette fake me out look. Right. Or Pearl wraps a blanket around herself and calls I wasn't going, don't even get me fucking started on that. <laughs> don't even get me started on that bullshit. <laughs> right. So and there's they call it a Parisian fashion week. So right, 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 right. Now if a fat bitch came down and did that, they'd be like, mm, you didn't do it now. You only wrapped a bit, you only wrapped some fabric around your waist, Derek Barry has entered the chat. Right. So I love, I love how we say enter the chat. Like, how's any of these girls actually left the chat? Right. <laughs> so um that's the judging. Uh we we come back and the winner of the challenge is Scarlett Adams. Shocker. Soccer, I know, right? Uh, I wanted a uh, two for two, and the bottom two are Electra and Coco, which I figured the episode, at the top of the episode, when 
he had that moment with Coco talking about um that woman said to her one time at a gig, right? Not being um Arsimon. I said, you know, Arsimon. I said it would be girl. real cute if Coco was in the bottom this week, right? Uh, at least she moved. So anyway, the bottom two this week is Electra Shock and Coco Jumbo. And in my head, I'm like, oh, Electra's going to probably wear Coco out because we do know that Electra can perform. Uh, she does a lot, but she can perform. And the song is Shake Your Groove Thing by Peaches and Herb. And bitch, I screamed and said yes, because this is the shit that, this is what should have been the song for Disco fucking week. Instead of yeah. Blue Can Trails, Hit em Up Style. Oh, I'm no. so done with it. This is a, <laughs> I need Australia's Drag Race to give me the motherfucking lip sync songs. And mm-hmm. It is not giving me the motherfucking Song. So the lip sync song is Shake a Groove Thing, and they begin performing. Um, I'm rooting for Coco Jumbo, and here's why. One, I'm rooting for everybody brown. Two, she has rhythm. Uh, she has rhythm. She's you know, she's boots, she's doing a little, you know, the, the little uh 70s disco boot scoot across the stage, which you know is a good old staple thing to throw into a disco number. It's fierce. But if you look over to the right, Electric Shock is doing entirely too much. She is giving you That's very it. much so the what if you like if you was like a white girl at a prom and this song came on and like Becky was turned up off some pixie sticks, it was giving very that. It was all over the place. It was a lot. She is over here doing high kicks and splits, which is not really what this song calls for per se. Like you could throw a split in here and there, and that's fine because it's a disco song. It's meant to be fun, but like she's not on beat. She is very much so on the, you know, the ones and threes, and they're supposed to be on the twos and fours. Coco is still, however, performing, and you got to give her that. You got to give her that. She's still, in a way, keeping up. They're interacting with each other on this tiny-ass stage. And the song ends. Uh, Did not get my life, but I'm thinking in my head that, oh, it must be Coco Jumbo. It has to be, because Anita, we've seen the girls do entirely too much up on the stage. Jan has entered the chat for a lip sync and for it to cost them. Uh, I was wrong. And this week, the winner of the one who says gets to uh, Shantae is Miss Electra Shock. I mean, after the, after that, I was kind of like, meh, I would have picked Coco, but I think at this time it was Coco's, it, I think it was Coco's time. Yeah, I mean, so when they... Uh, announced that was staying and that Coco was going home. I definitely thought mm, I disagree with this, but right. um, uh, I, I understand it to be sometimes they can't because they right. she will do more on the show. She's projected to do more on the show later than than the other girl will do, or she'll be more interesting, or the fans will like her more. So it's well, a potential. Right, right. It's a potential save, right? You're saved well, on potential. Mm-hmm. And there's also this brewing rivalry between her and Scarlett. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be more for the show if this person stays, as opposed to what the other girl will give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really like the way my tattoos look right now. All right, Ted, 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 you giving trade today? I want more Trader tattoos. Joe's. Um, I don't have I any tattoos, more. actually. I, have I, I actually want both of my arms completely covered. I'm sleeve. Mm-hmm. So, Love that for you. Um, Love the journey for you. I can't so, think of anything I would want tattooed on my body. I have a lot of things I want tattooed on my body. So, um... Uh, pearl necklace. Uh. Yeah, that's what it's saved on potential. Um, yeah. and... Hey, bye, Coco. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Coco. She looks cute, but I'm not that. Ma- I'm not married to her. Right, 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 I'm right, married right. to her at this point. Is that Karen fi- from finance does not need to win the fucking show? So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where it is. So she about to turn it up and somehow turn the party because at this now the art Simone is gone. My first theory is out the window, which means Karen from finance is allegedly the front runner, but not really because she's not done anything particularly exciting. To suggest that she would be the winner, but you know, it, we're still also only three episodes in, so really, but we only got seven bits left, so it's right. it's gonna be a quick season. So I wonder what happens in the next episode. We got like four or five more episodes. We ain't got that many episodes left. <laughs> oh my god, we only got four or five more weeks. Of this I know, so. and I, if I, I wonder, I would love to see et cetera, et cetera, really start to um, shine because I like et cetera a lot. I'm going for Wicklet at this point. That'd be fierce. I would be here for Anita Wiglet winning. Because talk yeah. about like talk about like really redeeming first impressions too. Like not in love with the look, but it did like the, I like I've always liked her as a person. Yeah. But it also could very, very well give um uh Davina DeCampo. 
Right, 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 right. Uh, lovable weirdo comes in second place. Mm-hmm. Well, that was this week's episode of uh, Australia's uh, Drag Race Down Under, episode three. Um, let's see how the rest of the season goes. Um, wig of the week. Wig of the week. Wig of the week, darling. Let's talk about who snatched your wig. Take a moment, because I know it's not going to be any of the motherfucking wigs that was up on that runway tonight. <laughs> I got me wig of the week, period. You got to pick one. We have a wig of the week, bitch. No, I don't. I don't like him a wig of the week. You have to pick a motherfucking wig. It's wig of the week. <laughs> you go first then, because ain't nobody picking. I'm still thinking, bitch. Exactly. So don't try to pressure <laughs> me into a fucking decision. <laughs> I just told you. Peer pressure works, Barbara. But okay, none of them giving me the no wig of the I week. Pick... I would, I'm going to give it to... Um, I'm gonna give it to Coco Jumbo in the performance of Queens Down Under. That basic ass wig, I guess. Listen, listen, we are splitting hairs here, bitch. Okay, because it wasn't really a ton of great motherfucking wigs up on this. There were some nice wigs. Like I thought Karen's wig in the performance was nice. Um, I actually like Maxie's wig in the uh, on the runway. That is the one wig that I did like. Um, in you terms didn't of like worst a wigs, wig, hell no. I kept look. First of all, now why would you? <laughs> Etc. Cetera. Et cetera is a smooth 12 years old, came in with a, a auntie uh bump at the bottom, bump at the uh the edges ass wig in silver, and then also had that long ass robe, which you could have just worn that bodysuit. My least favorite wig is etc. Tried it. Who is do you have a least favorite wig this week? <laughs> Your least favorite wig this week. <laughs> least favorite wig was Coco on the runway. Sometimes <laughs> this bitch and messy wigs. Oh, Coco Jumbo, Coco Jumbo, it's been real, girl. We loved you. Your mate, your face is stamped, honey. Your face is stamped. Now you might not be Art Simone, but you are Coco Jumbo, and I hope that you do incredibly well. Uh, when I think they out they out torn and doing prize and shit, so I think you start booking them gigs, girl. You might have been the third out, but you still have opportunities and potential, mother. We love you. Well, we are done for today. That was this week's episode. We are actually heading out on our date. We promise. Uh, we are going to Outback Steakhouse. Jamal's great first time at Outback Steakhouse, and we need to adjust his expectations. No, I don't need to adjust my expectations. This girl think we about to go to the motherfucking Ritz Carlton. I said, bitch, no, yes, big strip I gotta mall. put on my fancy clothes after this. Yes, girl, we about to put on full-on tuxedos and go to Outback Steakhouse and order a blooming onion, bitch. And we may stop by the piercing parlor. Where is that piercing parlor? Where? I don't know. Okay, we're about to figure it out. Anyway, we gotta go get ready for Outback Steakhouse. Once again, I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes. Spice up your motherfucking lane. And I am... Spice up your motherfucking life. Someone who is distracted by Nicki Minaj right now. I'm Jamal. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Bye.